Hi, all you Bay Brother listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Bay Brothers podcast. Today is January 13th, 2019. Hi, I'm Andrew Hall. I'm, he- I'm Jack Deason. <laughs> and today is an action-packed sports day. Lots of sports over the weekend. We got NFL playoffs, college basketball, free agencies kind of unveiling. Uh, the end of college football was this week. Action-packed week of sports, Jack. Lots to talk about today on the pod. Yes, uh, a lot of big news from MLB, uh, all hot stove talk is really heating up in the new year, um, specifically with a lot of big free agents. Yeah, and we'll cover it all on the pod, so uh, just stay tuned and you'll be entertained. And to start off, we just want to remind you, follow us on Bay Brothers, or follow us on Twitter at Bay Brothers one and download and subscribe to the podcast and just spread the word about the podcast. And again, feel free to email us at BayBrothers2018. Again, that is at BayBrothers2018. And for the opener today, we're going to start off with some NFL talk as the Chiefs beat the Colts last night 31-13 to in a rout. Um, that'll be the first AFC championship game for the Chiefs next week since 1994. 25 years. Pretty impressive by the Chiefs. Yeah, they've kind of been known for choking history. Um, a lot of people not liking to bet them because of the history, but Mahomes led the way yesterday. Yeah, and that's especially important for Andy Reid. Big win for him. He's been known for choking in the playoffs, but if you can establish a good reputation, possibly take them to the Super Bowl, I definitely think he's a Hall of Fame worthy coach. Yeah, and the Rams also won last night 30 22 against the Cowboys. Um, 273 rushing yards by the Rams, which is a franchise, most in franchise history. And uh, Cowboys, disappointing loss. Uh, lots of people had huge expectations. So is this the end of the line for Jason Garrett, or does Jerry Jones continue to not fire him? I think he's going to continue not to fire him, even though we all know he should be fired. Seems like they need a change in the guard there, but I mean... If that like one playoff win kind of saved, um, kind of saved his career, it seems yeah. kind of strange, but might be actually right. Um, and currently, the pa- the Patriots are putting a route on the Chargers, winning forty one to fourteen. I don't know what happened to the Chargers. Everyone was kind of bandwagoning out into them. Um, seemed like they were probably the most balanced team in football, but the Patriots just you cannot doubt them in the playoffs. Um, you can't bet against them. Uh, I just don't know what to say about them. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can't really bet against them just because all their experience. It seems like they find a way to get to the AFC Championship and Super Bowl most of the time just because of Brady and Belichick almost. Yeah, and this will if they make it to the uh, AFC Championship game next week, it'll be the eighth consecutive year they've made it to the AFC Championship game. An incredible feat. And especially this year, it seemed like that dynasty might have been winding down as you know they didn't have any many receiving weapons on the outside, but they just have those plug-and-play guys that they just continue to, you know, grind it out, and um, it's just that combo of Brady-Belichick. You just can't bet against them. Yeah. Um, and also this week in the NFL, there was a lot of coaching vacancies, and they were filled. Some were uh, Matt LaFleur to the Packers, Cliff Kingsbury to the Arizona Cardinals, and especially with these two coaches, it seems like the common theme is if you know Sean McVay, you're going to get hired. Yeah, it's kind of that um, young style, uh, new offense 
kind of a new genius, new mind of football coming into play where everybody wants um, some genius at the helm creating some new offensive sets. Yeah, and I was hearing some jokes, you know, on the sports media like, hey, were you in line with Sean McVay at Starbucks? And then the coach says, yes, hey, you're you're hired, you know. It's a Sean McVay effect. It's a copycat league. Um, the Rams have succeeded with their kind of new age offense and everyone wants to copy them. So uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how these young coaches pan out because, I mean, I get that you have to have a good offensive coach now that the league has been changing, but you're not just an offensive coordinator. You're a coach of an entire team. You're the leader of the business. You know, it, you can't just be in charge of the offense and designing plays. You have to be, you know, at the helm of every single decision. Yeah, I think um, the hiring staff of those head coaches, they got to look at the full personality, the full person, how they can lead their team and how can they can develop younger players and how they can develop humans and, you know, deal with human experiences. Maybe the young guys haven't dealt with, so you have to put that in the equation also. Right. Some also other um, coaching positions that were um, hired were Bruce Arians went to the Cardinals. Adam Gase, who was fired by the Dolphins earlier last week, was hired by the Jets. Uh, Vic Fangio to the Broncos, and he was pretty much the only defensive coach that was hired. And lastly, Freddie Kitchens promoted from offensive coordinator to head coach for the Browns. Also, a lot of buzz around Kyler Murray this week as he declared for the NFL draft. Um, Kyler Murray, the highly talked about baseball prospect, taken ninth overall by the A's. An incredible athlete, but it'd be kind of a travesty for the A's to take someone in the first round, end up not even uh, going to spring training or anything for them. Yeah, it's as a baseball fan, it's sad to see. Um, we all want him to play both and try that, but I think people are saying since he is a quarterback, it it um that calls for more time and he couldn't do both unless he was like a db or something like that um right but in this case if he thinks he can make it to the nfl i think he could be a first second round draft pick um but a lot of people are saying because of his height that could also be an issue as a quarterback but we'll have to see how his tail plays in the nfl i mean there's definitely more money to be made for him in nfl i think because uh right out of your Rookie year, you're definitely going to get a guaranteed contract and probably a guaranteed spot in an NFL training camp. And he, he'd definitely be a first-round pick. Like, there's no question about that. Um, but the thing is, is Kyler Murray, you know, sh- going to f- possibly going to football because of his addiction to the spotlight now that he's experienced some of it at Oklahoma with winning the Heisman and going to the college football playoff? Is he addicted to fame now? Because if he went into baseball, it would take him... Th- two, three years to get into the big leagues at least. And with an organization like the A's who aren't going to get a lot, not a, not a lot of national love, you know, I'd understand if you went to the Yankees, the Dodgers, where it'd be a extremely hard decision. But with an organization like the A's with kind of a bad stadium um, and he won't get a lot of national spotlight, it, it's understandable that Kyler Murray wants to enter the NFL. Yeah, I think first thing first is the money – um, with the A's, he only guaranteed about like four million. In the NFL, he'll guarantee about eight million. So that's where off the gate, obviously, you want to like provide for yourself. And, and with also live. sponsors and stuff, that would increase it. He'd get more sponsors in um, NFL, obviously. And I think what you say about the um, spotlight, he probably won't admit it ever. But you have to think it comes into play somewhat because you know, like you said, 
Um, in baseball, he's just not as popular a sport as football, so he's going to get more attention and more love and it's faster success, essentially. Yeah. And our poll question of the week is, which sport should you choose, football or baseball? You can go answer that vote on the Twitter at BayBrothers1. Now moving on to some college football talk. On Monday, Clemson routed Alabama to win the national championship, winning 44-16. to um, And that was the last time, uh, that was the first time that Alabama was beat by 16 or more since Nick Saban beat Alabama by six, uh, 26 to 10 when he was the LSU coach in 2004. And with this stunning victory, do you think that Clemson has eclipsed Alabama as the best program in the country? No, I don't think you can say that. Yeah, that's a little outlandish, um, even though they have won two of the three last uh, national titles. Alabama is still the premier program. I think down the line in three years and and they're still beating them at a consistent basis yes you could say that then i don't know i actually think that clemson is the number one program because they've just been attracting so much talent and with trevor lawrence going to be there the next two years um i just think that there's that he's just an incredible talent that uh it's going to be hard to beat clemson in the upcoming years and I mean, Nick Saban's getting older. He's 68 already, you know, wondering if he's running out of gas. Um, he just didn't really look like himself the other night with, like, he, his typical, like, angry attitude towards bad calls or bad plays by his team. You know, is he running out of gas, do you think? I don't think he's running out of gas yet. I think it's true to say that he is getting older, but um, I don't think that's, like, the reason they lost the game or anything. I think... Um, if they played Clemson 10 times, it would be 5-5 um, five, five or 6-4 in either direction. I don't think... I think they're pretty evenly matched still, even though it was a blowout. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a situation like the Soviets in the U.S. where, you know, if you play them 10 times, Soviets might win 9. It's not like that, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this also brought the discussion is, uh, should college football change the rule of... Uh, you have to declare in the NFL draft after your junior year. You have to wait three years. As if Trevor Lawrence declared now, he'd probably be the number one pick. That's how incredible of a talent he is. So, do you think that the NFL or college football should change the rule? Um, I think they should. I think it would be better for the game for guys who um, want to expedite their talent. Uh, I don't. I just think it's too complicated, especially because in football it's a much different sport than basketball. You know. In football, it's so much more physical that I think you need guys more to develop for their overall health standpoint. I think you could do um, uh, a sophomore year. Yeah, maybe. I think because I think two years in college to develop your body and strength. Um, but I think also like the guys who are ready, they'll be ready. Like some right. guys will have to, to develop their bodies and get stronger because they're they just won't like hold up. Like some of those like freshman. Um, wide receivers for Clemson, you saw the talent, but obviously they weren't strong enough to go yeah, to the NFL. Yeah. So in that basis, I guess it's almost not impossible to go to the NFL after a freshman year, but, I mean, it's it's a long shot for some guys. Mm-hmm. All right, now moving on to some college basketball talk. Yesterday, an incredible day of college hoops. Duke wins on a buzzer beater, 80-78, to uh, incredible game. Um, Duke's chemistry has really propelled himself to be the clear number one team in the country. 
um, and with probably the two top players. I don't know about the clear number number one team in the country. You think in Michigan? I think Virginia's also in the mix there. Yeah, Virginia has not got a lot of love, I'd say. Um, come that'll come later in the podcast. But for Virginia, like we kind of say, sometimes they've struggled in the postseason in the tournament. But we'll we'll get to that later anyway. Yeah. So talking about Duke, um, so Zion Williams left after the first half with an eye injury. There hasn't been a total a ton of news coming from that. How his status is, we'll have to wait on that. Also, Cam Reddish had a very good game um, yesterday, and I think he has the potential to be um, the best out of the three later in an NBA career. Not right now, though. Yeah, Cam Reddish had kind of been struggling in the last five games or so, with only averaging about seven points a game. But then yesterday, with a breakout performance, scoring twenty five. So if you had the number one pick, let's say. Um, you know, you won the lottery. Who are you taking? Barrett, Williamson, uh, Cam Reddish, or, you know, another guy? Um, I think I would take Zion just because his power and his ability to get to the rim, even though it seems like some people say, like, oh, we can't just, like, be dunking and just, like, be almost, like, one-dimensional, but it seems like some guys in the league, like, look at Giannis and look at Ben Simmons, they only shoot within, like, 15 feet. Right, And they're yeah. still very successful. <laughs> so the people hating on them, I know you're saying you want to, like, shoot outside, but, I mean, they're still successful. So I think I would take Zion. Yeah, I would I would take Zion, too. And Zion's not just, not just a dunker. I mean, he's shown that he can be effective. You know, the other day against Wake Forest, I think he had six threes. So... If he can just establish his uh, outside game a little bit more, he would definitely be the clear best option out of Andy's those three. And he's also a very good defender. Right. A lot of blocking shots. He plays 100% on both ends of the ball. Right. And he's a great character. Uh, doesn't He embellishes his teammates um, very much. And he's, he gets just as excited for when his teammates do well than himself, which is a good sign for an organization that's trying to build um, build up. Also, uh, a little Big Ten talk. Kind of seems like the Big Ten's beating up on each other. Um, a lot of close games, a lot of upsets. So what do you think about the Big Ten so far? I think um, from their success in the non-conference, it will save them where they'll still get a ton of bids, even if there's still like um, teams with like 10 or 11 losses who can still get in because the strength of schedule is so good for all these teams. Right. Um I think teams will still have to win games, obviously. Like, Wisconsin can't keep losing all these games and um, expect them to get in the tournament. Um, and, like, Ohio State can't keep losing a team like Rutgers and expect to get in. Or Iowa. Yeah, right. like, they they going to have to... Um, the top teams are going to have to prevail at some point. But, I mean, if they have a few, like, tough road losses in there in the mix, it's not going to hurt them as much as other teams who are, like, in the Big East or, you know, Pac-12, some of those weaker conferences. Right. It seems like they're the Big Ten's going to have a lot of bubble teams. I mean, Michigan and Michigan State, they're still unbeaten conference play. I think those are the two that kind of have set themselves apart from the pack. But then, you know, the bottom um, 10 or so, it seems like they're beating up on each other, and that might be a problem come tournament time where, you know, people were saying that they might get maybe eight, teams and now it might turn into five or six no i would not say that i'd say um they're still get like eight or nine because um it's so strong of a conference and all, all their metrics will look good at the end of the season with the strength schedule and the non-conference wins because just because 
if they have a lot of losses, you can see it's against these good teams. And, you know, like, the bids have to come from somewhere. Like, you'll get all the automatic bids, but then you'll have only one or two bids from Pac-12. Big East is down, so, I mean, it opens up the door for the Big for the Big Ten. Right. But also, this season, it seems like there are a lot of really good mid-major teams, like Buffalo, Gonzaga. You know, that Gonzaga, USF. I, I wouldn't say Gonzaga is a mid-major team. I know they're in a mid-major conference, but... They're they're in a um okay a, a cabinet of their own, if you will. Okay, but besides Gonzaga, you know you got Nevada. I mean, I get that they struggled against New Mexico, got crushed, but they're still a really good t- top ten team. Um, last night USF took Gonzaga toe to toe, only down by two with two minutes left. So kind of want to give a shout out to the Dons. Um, big game last night I for them. I respect the Dons. Yeah, <laughs> that is a, that is a cool name. Um, Do you know what a Don is? My sister. My sister. It, it, it's it's. It's a, a Spanish, like, not conquistador, but, like, a Spanish, like, head leader, a person of respect, a chief. So I, I like the Don's name. I, I, I would go with the Marquette Don's if I had the choice, but, you know. My, my sister goes to um, University of San Francisco, and their student section is called the Fog Zone because um, it's very foggy in San Francisco, which is kind of cool. Wait, but isn't that, like, a stolen thing from something? I feel like the... Oh, I was just thinking Alan. I don't know. Well, feel that in fact, way. about the nickname, like 30 years ago, their nickname was actually the Gray Fog, but then um, the student body voted to change it to the Dons for some reason. I like it. Well, some USF I, I think Holy Family should go to the Dons. I think the Cyclones is kind of uh, outdated. I hate the Cyclones. Especially the it... cheers like C-Y-C, and I hate yeah, that Yeah, it's cheer. bad. Oh, also one of the worst cheers of all time. It's the... Holy <laughs> family. That's probably the worst one of all time. I've like I, I, I yet to see one that's worse than that. <laughs> okay. Um finally to close up our college basketball talk, this week an incredible performance by Marcus Howard from Marquette, dropping fifty three points in that thriller against Creighton. Um I also I saw I heard about a picture in USA Today, I believe, the day after. Um Sam Hauser shot the uh, photog- photographer got a great picture where he actually showed his hands um were still touching the ball at point one and if you watch the clip a couple times you can tell that the the clock operator must have been sleeping because that was way longer than point eight seconds he caught it brought it back down a little bit and then shot it back up it had to be at least 1.5 seconds so yeah um Market caught a break there. Hey, hey, maybe uh conspiracy going on clock operator clock operator getting paid by Marquette Possibly, possibly. <laughs> the door is open. Credit to us on that one. But, I mean, are, are you serious, Creighton? Like, you had one job, pass the ball in, and exactly. even if Creighton steals the ball, or if Marquette well, steals the ball, there's no way they could have gotten a shot. My up. my thought is, okay, it's smart to go long, but in that situation, Marquette's down by three, so as long as they don't catch it um, outside the three-point line, they can't win the game because you're not going to foul them. So all you have to do is drop it in the middle of the lane and touch the ball. Yeah. That's, that's all you have to do. I know. Catch it three inches away. They're either going to foul you cause, or they're going to steal it. And you, there's no time to pass it. It, it just makes sense. I mean, that's why you like college basketball. It's like there's still young kids making dumb decisions. So, I mean, I mean it was a fun game to watch. But I mean, it's just over and over again. I don't understand what Creighton was doing. I mean, I, I texted you after the game. I said, is this more an improbable of a miracle than, than the Soviets being I mean, the I didn't look at the, I didn't look or, at the I mean, I mean, the U.S. being the Soviets. I didn't look at the win expectancy, but I'm not sure. You know? <laughs> I mean, the win expectancy must have been less than 0.1%. There's no way that it could have been more than that. Yeah. Oh, also, I want to rip on the announcers of that game because 
they were saying how, oh they were they were saying the game was done yes and also they were just like loving on Greg McDermott they were talking about how like he was like the greatest coach it seemed like and Greg McDermott is a great coach okay but the, the one the announcer said a stupid thing he said they could take five guys off the street of Omaha and score 70 points in the Big East. I'm like, what? What? That doesn't make sense. All they do is, like, like plant in farm crops or something down there. <laughs> All right. Um, also this week, Yudoka Azu... Udoko Azubuki. Okay, yeah. He had, a, um, I believe, a wrist injury, and he'll be out for the season. That's a big blow for Kansas trying to extend their streak of... Um, Big 12 championships. Um, it's it's pretty much a two-horse race between them and Texas Tech. And Texas Tech have um, show, no signs of weakness, essentially. And it seems like a, a battle to the end between those two. I mean, I'm taking Texas Tech on that one. Kansas has looked terrible. I mean, they've won games by, like, five uh, against middle-of-the-pack teams. Uh, they just don't seem as good as they usually are. I'm still going to stick with Kansas there just because I trust Bill Self and his works. All right, like, um, we were like talking Jesus. pre-show <laughs> that uh, you had some love for the Cavaliers, so share share your wisdom. Yeah, um, I think nobody's really talking about Virginia um, in some sense because maybe because of them losing to a 16 seed last year and their failures in the tournament, but in the regular season they've still been super dominant this year. Um, they shot 40% from behind the arc. Kyle Guy has been unbelievable. Um, they're second in defensive defensive efficiency as usual, um, and second in de- second in efficiency margin. So overall, they're still undefeated and o- undefeated in the ACC. So I just want to show some love uh, to the Cavs. Yeah, and they have a big test next Saturday um, against Duke. We'll see if they are the the real deal or if they're just a fluke. Yeah, that should uh, be an elite matchup. Yeah. Other scores from yesterday, Marquette beating Seton Hall 70-66, NC State over Pittsburgh 86-80, um, K-State winning a close one against Iowa State 58-57 on a buzzer beater, I believe, Oklahoma barely beating TCU 76-74, and lastly, DePaul, been very impressive this season, winning 79-71 over St. John's. Now, I'm serious. DePaul's the real deal. Like the blue demons with a spark? No, 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 they, no. They almost beat Villanova at Villanova. Only lost by five. I was watching that game. Was I mean, good. I could see them getting ninth or eighth in the Big East, but I don't see them making a run at the tournament. Or well, anything. they're not making a run at the tournament. I'm just saying that DePaul normally is probably like one of the worst teams in the Power Power Five conferences. Um, power six. Respect the Big East. Power six. Yes. This isn't football, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, Xavier's down this year, and Georgetown's pretty bad this year, too. So, I mean, opens the door for a seventh spot, making progress. I don't, they got two top 100 guys coming in next year. Um, DePaul? Yeah, it's, DePaul does. I, I don't know what those guys are thinking, but, I mean, <laughs> head up north to Marquette. Like, the door's always open. Um, I, they're not very well-coached squad, but, I mean, maybe recruiting stuff goes off, and something happens to the Blue Demons, and they revive that spark from the 70s. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, new game. Guess the line. Guess the line. <laughs> okay, so we, we gotta get some theme music. Yeah, wait, we, we, we gotta work on that. Oh, you'll like Mario Kart theme song. <laughs> okay, so we're just gonna um guess the line or guess the spread of these upcoming games. Um, for these college games, basketball this week. Yeah, it'll be through Monday through Friday. I believe these games are so Nebraska at Indiana. Andrew, what's your um? 
guessing the, the line on this one. I'm saying Indiana favored by 10. Um, they kind of scuffled against Maryland the other night, but overall they've had a good season with Romeo Langford to start. I'm going to say um, Indiana by 7. I think Nebraska's got a good squad, and um, I think they're better than people think, and I think the Cornhuskers are going to be a solid team in the Big Ten. Virginia Tech at Virginia, two top 10 teams battle in the state. Buzz Williams, Tony, Tony Bennett. Bennett, two great coaches. Um, I'm going to say Virginia plus eight on this one. Eh, I'll go plus 10, too. Um, Virginia always kind of keeps clo- games close. Um, it just seems that, I mean, although they're great. You mean, wait, Virginia minus, minus 10? Yeah, y- y- minus 10, yeah. Favored by eight. Favored by eight. Favored by eight. Favored by eight. Um, I'm going to go Virginia by six in this one. I think Virginia Tech's got a really good team. Um, Virginia Tech likes to go up-tempo compared to Virginia's slow style. Both teams are solid defensively, so should be, I'm guessing, actually more of a low-scoring game. Well, yeah, it's Virginia. You think it's going to be a high-scoring game? Well, I mean, Virginia Tech pushes the ball sometimes, so they could speed them up. Yeah, but the the reason why Virginia is so great because they control the tempo. Well said, well said. K-State at Oklahoma... Um, Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Kansas State coming off a good win against Ohio, Iowa State, and Oklahoma coming up off a good win against uh, TCU. Um, I'm gonna go Oklahoma at home, favored by four. Just seems like Oklahoma has kind of scuffled this year, but uh, Kansas State will give them a good run. Um, I'm also gonna go Oklahoma by four, four and a half, just because they're at home. I think it would essentially be a pick if it was neutral floor. Yeah. All right. Iowa State, Texas Tech. Big matchup in the Big 12. I'm going to go Texas Tech, um, favored by nine in this one, especially um, when they're home. But we'll see if Iowa State um, is legit in this one. I'm going to take Texas Tech by six here. Um, I think Iowa State's been solid this year, but I think the firepower of Texas Tech, um, all their athleticism will be too overwhelming, especially at home, too. Lastly, Notre Dame versus North Carolina. I'm going to say North Carolina favored by nine on this one. North Carolina, terrible game yesterday, losing 83-62 to against Louisville. The worst uh, home loss in Roy Williams' tenure as um, North Carolina basketball coach. Um, but I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina by um, 10 around that same range also because they probably have a really good bounce back game at home. In Chapel Hill, they're not gonna. They're for sure not gonna drop two in a row there, and I think it could be kind of a blowout there. Also, um, a topic I've been hearing around college basketball world at some point about charges and is it really a good play or not? Um, should it even be a thing? Like, is it a good play that a guy steps in there and gets hit, and it's all of a sudden um, your ball just because you got in the guy's way and you're set, essentially? Well, I think it is a good. I think it is a good play just because, I mean, there's nothing like a charging call in a game also. I mean, you, you couldn't you couldn't take that away from the game of basketball. Um, and, I mean, it provides an incredible momentum boost for the team with a charge. But maybe we should show some love for the Blarge. Block slash charge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sleep on the Blarge. I actually like that one. Um, honestly, me, I have come to not, like, dislike the charge call, but... It is so inconsistent, and there is no rule on how it actually should be called because the refs aren't great in college basketball. And I think 
just because you stand in a guy's way and get hit shouldn't be a good play. Like it's just not a good basketball play. Yeah, but how would you how would you defend the guy if a guy's coming up to the rim? Now that they call fouls all over the place, how would you defend it without without fouling without taking a charge? Now it's verticality. You go you go straight up and you jump. Yeah, but with people's strength like Zion, you can't block him. They'll just they'll just go back on you and there's no charge anymore. Well, that's the point. You 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 got to have verticality. You jump up. You challenge a shot. You can't just th- throw your body on there and cut his legs out and say I'm just it's saying, a good play. You you got to be a defensive guy, and if they want to you know shuffle. That's, that's you got to shuffle if you get in position. And, and it's a sign of toughness. A charge is a sign of toughness. Or you can just play better team defense and have a guy step in there. Like a guy can step in the lane. You can't step in and then it. And then if they go and they go by you, then and it's a block. Then it's a foul. So, so if, that's not good defense. If, if he jump, if he jumps in, if the offense player jumps into you and you're straight up, and he uses the off arm to push off and try to get elevation, then that's an offensive foul. But just because, but how do you use off? How do you use his arm if he's jumping up? Because you're going up with one hand for the layup, and you use that other one to push off. Your logic makes no sense. If he's in the air, you can still use your off arm to to put guys down. No. I, I guarantee you you can. I bet you could, but not at 100 miles per hour. Okay, but you have to realize that going back to the first argument, a guy just stepping in there is not a basketball play. That's just getting Yes, hit. it is. I think it is. See, it doesn't make sense to me that a guy who... Because a guy got beat and you step in there and get hit, it's automatically... You're getting in a guy's way from scoring while you could try to put your hands up and challenge a shot instead of just getting hit. Agree disagree on this one, Jack. Moving on to some more debates. We're going to go wing debate today. Traditional versus boneless wings. What's your opinion on this one? It's obviously traditional here. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, on this one, I right? thought you were gonna <laughs> pull me that that weak move with the, like. The There's nuggets. been a lot of momentum for bone in. I know. Or no, for bo- boneless, boneless. Yeah, it just ah, oh, it frustrates me. It's like. You're like you lose your man card on that one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, like, there's the, there's just something. the guy who like takes the forks and like you're using the little like pool of ranch and you got your celery sticks on the side, like be a man and grab your grab your <laughs> traditional bone whatever and watch them like freaking football. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, get your hands dirty. Yeah, yeah, get your hands dirty. There's, yeah, there's nothing like you got to eat around the bone. There's just something about eating wins. It's a tradition. I know, but for the boneless, I mean, it's a sign of our generation. We're lazy. They just want they just want to take their no, fork. No, that, that's millennials and Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think we're catching steam here. <laughs> they said we're a diverse culture, so I, I respect the Gen Zs in our culture. All right, um, moving on to the league. Um, Russell Westbrook had Associa- a crazy the association as another name. Yes, yes. Um, Russell Westbrook had a great stat line the other night. Um, he had 24 points, 20 assists, I believe. Um, and don't sleep on OKC. They're kind of creeping up in the West and have a chance to make a run at it. Yeah, Paul George has an incredible season also. Um, probably will be an all-star game starter. Uh, and I think OKC is probably the best team besides the Warriors in the West. Yeah, I'd probably... Um, yeah, because there hasn't been any other premier... I, I, I mean the, the, rockets, nuggets, the rockets, nuggets, the rockets, also nuggets, rockets. Um, yeah, I would say the rockets right now. I'd say probably the best team. I think by the end of the year, Warriors will Ooh, be the rockets. Yeah, no, they're not deep at all. They have James Harden. Harden can put him on their back. 
Yeah, well, people are learning how to defend him. Look at the Bucks the other night. I mean, I still think he's a very good offensive player, but that's right. you're right. I mean, people are learning to defend him. Um, the Nuggets also there. Nuggets, Warriors, OKC. All Jok- Jokic is really good for the yes. Nuggets, yeah. You said a pass he made the other night? Yeah, I did. That was, was incredible. Like, yeah. I was like .5 seconds in the puppy's hand. All right. Um, also, Curry is third all-time now in threes, and Kyle Korver is fourth all-time. Shows the expansion of the three-pointer and how... Even a guy like Kyle Korver, who like 30 years from now, nobody's going to know the name. He's going to be top yeah. all time. Yeah. I mean, kind and of people know the name, but if you think about it, like guys are just like running to the top 10, like nothing just because of the three is so right. active. Yeah. Now. And without the three, Kyle Korver, he, he doesn't spend a single minute in the NBA, but with the three, you know, he's had a solid 15 year career. You know, even though he's may not be the most athletic guy out there on the floor, um, He's just a catch-and-shoot guy. He, he's a sniper from the corner, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, fellow Blue Jay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, um, on this day, Hillary declared war, total war in 1943. Yeah, not really something we should be laughing about. We, we couldn't find anything more interesting for on this day. Yeah. So All right. Um, MLB talk hot stove. DJ LeMahieu um, signed to the Yankees, so he'll be a good um, second baseman. With Tulo at shortstop with Didi out um, central for the year. Grandel to the... What about Machado, maybe? Machado, door is still open, but we'll have to see about that one. Machado to the Nets. That but was... what about Glaber Torres? Glaber Torres, I mean, he can play third base. Michael and Duhar. You got to shuffle them around. Yeah. Because, I mean, Glaber Torres can play shortstop, and Tulo's probably not going to be an everyday guy then. Tulo is not going to be a guy. Yeah. He'll... But, I mean, but like Glaber Torres is not like a... Per... He's not like a shortstop yet, so I think they need to develop him. So until then, until little make spot starts. Yeah, Brian Kenny and Harold Reynolds was saying that um, Glaber Torres will be more of their second baseman this year, actually. Yeah, but yeah. I think that was before DJ LeMahieu came there. So yeah, that'll be interesting um, to see. Also, Yasmani Grandal on a one-year deal with the Brewers, eight hundred million. Be able to switch eight, 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 eighteen. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not that valuable. <laughs> I mean, whatever the contract was. Uh, one year, was, eight, one year, eighteen million. Yeah, one year, eighteen million. Read um, that one wrong. I think that was a pretty good deal for the Brewers. Kind of filled a position that they really needed um, filled as their catcher performance last year was not very good. Their slugging was pretty down with Kratz and Pena, but Grandal will definitely fill that void as he's probably the second best hitting catcher in the league. Yeah, I would um, say next to Real Milto. Real Milto. So, um, and if Grandal can just improve his blocking skills a little bit more, he'll definitely be probably the best catcher in the game, I think. All right, and now for our soft tissues and tough cookie of the week. My soft tissue is Creighton because they um, dropped two very well winnable home games that would have been great um, wins for their uh, for their postseason resume. Fortunately, those dro- they dropped those two. Also, one of my soft tissues is Greg Amsinger because of his um, poor facial hair that I've recently seen <laughs> on LB Network, um, just feeding his own ego. Andrew, your soft tissue? My soft tissue is going to go to this Bears competition that they had yesterday. So after um, Cody Parkey missed that 43-yard um, field goal. At first I thought you meant like against the Eagles. Bears competition. Like no, Bears no, no. Fighting. I got very interested. Bears. Um, so... So this one beer company held a competition where anyone could try to kick a 43-yard field goal. And if you did, if you made it, you'd get free beer for an entire year. 
However, they went 0 for 101. So uh, that's just like a slap in the face, even trying to do that. For yeah, them. like come on, like respect the kicker life. Like honestly. right, I know. Um, my tough cookie is Ole Miss because they, Ole Miss college basketball. Yeah, college basketball. Um, because they beat Mississippi State and Auburn. Um, two top ranked teams. Yeah, I mean that, those are both pretty impressive wins, especially Auburn. I think people really sleep on Auburn, but I think they could. Make it like an elite eight run at least yeah, in the journey. Sure. They'll be a for sure second week team. Yeah. And for my tough cookie, I'm going to go with Clay Thompson. As the other night, he had 43 points with only having four dribbles. And that is the stat of the day. Yo, statisticians. Let's kick it. And that leads us into our final four today. And we put it as a poll question on the Twitter, and the people responded. And they wanted our final four to be Bible characters. Yes, I think we had a astounding about a thousand votes votes, I think, this week on the Twitter actually. So it won by about three percent. And um I'll hit the track now for our final four music. Jack, you start or I started last week, so uh, you got the first pick this week. Um, for my first pick of the Bible characters, I'm gonna go with Moses. Um, just because he's kind of been not underrated in the Bible, but um, he's kind of almost like a legend. I'd say he's almost like ranked. Maybe he's probably top five overall influential people in the Bible. You got Jesus, you got Mary, um, Joseph, Joseph. You got to put it in there. So I think um. He's top top notch, one of like the legends in the Bible. Yeah, part of the Red Sea. Yes, impressive. Okay, my first pick. I'm gonna go with Saul to Paul. Saul, he was a bad man. He stoned someone for being um, a follower of Jesus, but then he had this miraculous conversion, and he became Paul. And uh, he he writes great letters. I hear from Steve Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> so. Shout out to Paul. <laughs> All right. Um, for my second pick, I'm going to pick Cain because um, he alphaed his brother and killed Abel. <laughs> and also, Abel was the um, first person ever murdered in the Bible, so shout out to Abel's death. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Adam for my next pick just because he was kind of the person that created original sin. And... That's pretty important because, you know, we all make mistakes. And, uh, you know, even though he ate the apple, we forgive him. Um, for mine, I'm going to go with Jesus. I mean, yeah, pretty stereotypical pick. But, I mean, like, he had the greatest comeback of all time. So <laughs> you got to respect that one, I guess. And with that, I'm going to go with John the Baptist because he baptized Jesus. So... Fair enough. Alpha. 
<laughs> also, um, going back to the origin of Jesus, um, the Virgin Mary, um, the woman who um, created the wonderful man of Jesus. Hey, what about God? Yes, God is, is also there, but um, she um, she uh, conceived. conceived that. Thank you for the word I'm looking for. <laughs> conceived uh, um, the Son of God. Yes. And this is your last pick, I believe? My last pick. Oh, a lot of options. Um, I'm going to go with Joseph. Because Joseph just just wasn't a father of Jesus. He was a carpenter. That's true. Very so, cool guy, man. Um, Some honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abraham, I think, is also a top. Um, I believe he was involved in a lot of... I No, he... No. I think he because he was. I think he was New Testament guy. I mean Old Testament. No, no, he was Old Testament. Son of Moses. Son of Moses. Okay, yeah. I remember him being a top-notch player. Um, Peter, the first pope ever. Yes. So, he's pretty much like George Washington of the church. Yeah. And I don't know which saint this was, or if he was in the Bible, but um, I I heard this one story where this one guy was getting crucified by getting like burned in on a grill and then he was like hey this side's cooked can you cook my other half <laughs> um, also shout out to um jonah you know he's in a whale's mouth for a while that's, that's, yeah that's pretty that's pretty elite that that is elite <laughs> all right and that concludes our um podcast for today and our final four segment today we're gonna close you out with riding solo by jason derulo 2010 style everyone have a great week enjoy all the sports and the january season